Welcome to the Dawson D Show. Two great mates striving to improve in all areas of their lives. The podcast is designed to empower everyday humans just like us who want to add more joy, energy and happiness into their daily lives. Sharing our real life experiences and everyday struggles, relating to them in a personal way. Expect uncensored stories, plenty of laughs and tips and tricks to inspire you on your own journey. Now, let's go balls deep. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Doss and D Show. But uh, it's D at the moment, and I think we've got Doss there. Doss, are you in? Yeah, I'm here, mate. I'm present. Present. Oh, mate, that's good because um, you've actually dragged yourself away from the TV for an hour. Yeah, it's been. Uh, I haven't slept actually at all last night. So it, currently, it's Saturday morning, and um, pretty heavy bags under the eyes. Yeah, I'm feeling okay. Why do you have those heavy bags under your eyes, mate? FIFA 21 came out yesterday, and. Oh, no. um, it's my favourite game. I'm a FIFA nut. Went, went and picked it up yesterday and thoroughly enjoyed myself last night. So <laughs> so uh, how does Meg feel? Has she, has she just lost you for the next week or so? I think Rich worded it really well last night in the group chat. I think I'm going to be hibernating for at least the next three months because anyone who knows me, I, I'm on career mode on FIFA. You know, I, 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 I love to take... No, it's funny you say that because, it, you know, last night I played all night. Then this morning I got up and played it before the podcast. I went to Players Melbourne City and I went, God, this is shit. Like they were one star. And I was like, no, nah, you know what? I don't want to play as Melbourne City. Too um, good for them. Yeah, too good for them. Uh, Brion Europe, I say. Yeah, I, I like to grab a team from, you know, whether it's Championship or League Two uh, over in England. And, and you know what? Take them to the Premier League and, and not just take them, win the effing thing. <laughs> and, and normally you... You get. I'll grab the Australians. Yeah, yeah, but you you also get influenced very easily by a uh, team that you've seen documentary on. So like Sunderland until I die, you got obsessed with, and then uh, Goal now, came out. So Newcastle was one of those. And, teams. and now and now and now Tottenham because uh, I've just recently uh, watched. I, I can't remember the name, but Tottenham have a documentary on Amazon, and I've thoroughly enjoyed that too. So now so. you're a Tottenham supporter too. No, I'm a Chelsea fan. Played as them this morning Shit as well. Club. But yeah, mate, it's been a it's been a big big night for the Doss. It's funny. I was just saying to someone as well. The whole click and collect scenario, I loved. It was an experience I just oh, really enjoyed. I hate it. I, um, I ordered it online in the morning. It came out yesterday, so I got it the day it came out. Ordered it online, went to the store, parked in the correct spot. The bloke was a lovely fella. He goes, hey, mate, what's your name? Wade, what are you picking up? FIFA 21, no worries. Brought it out. Away you go. Bob's your uncle. And, oh, mate, I was wrapped. Well, I had a, I had a very different experience with click and collect. I went and bought, I think it was a footy ages ago and I got out of my car mate they were screaming it was like I had a machine gun it was ridiculous like they were like get in your car open the window and they were like they flung it through the window it was bizarre just, but, just uh, a nice just a nice little handball yeah 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 exactly right mate uh, hitting targets but wait just before we move on you didn't actually tell us which team you you're being on FIFA 21 because I'm sure there'll be a few people that will be interested in that Ah, uh, no I actually haven't started a career mode yet oh, so <laughs> I actually, I've considered even, you know, I've never done this before, but I'm considering creating uh, Wade Custerson on FIFA and actually playing as the player and trying to take him to, you know, taking him to glory, maybe get picked up for Real Madrid or something. That'd be nice. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll check in in a couple of weeks and see how Wade Custerson is. is going. I'm guessing a striker as well. Um, oh, definitely. So let's get into today's topic, mate. What have we got today for the listeners? We are talking all things money, D. Um, it's obviously a topic that... It's very crucial to survive in today's society. Uh, <laughs> but just everyone out there, understand that we, we won't be giving uh, 
any get rich quick schemes or or any tips on on how to become a millionaire in 24 days but today we're not prob- financial advisors as Joe Richardson <laughs> likes to say and yeah. uh, but we will be asking you all to join our pyramid scheme at the end of today's episode yeah, so exactly looking forward to that and getting a few people on board but <laughs> so, uh, i guess today we'll be talking about the, the basics when it comes to money from our personal experience you know with saving spending and investing for anyone who knows us you know we're both very driven in terms of create side hustles and wanting to create other streams of income other than just our our nine to five job and money is is a topic that i think a lot of us try to avoid when talking to friends and family it's it's very sensitive and it and it always has been that for a long time but we're just brought up that way never ask someone about money or about their wage or anything like that so i think today you know by tackling valuing money spending money and, and side hustles and possibly investing as well you know it should be a good podcast Yeah, I'm really excited too. And I think you hit the nail on the head because it's so true. I remember having a chat to my sister Alex about money. This is going back off probably a year ago. And she had like a very negative connotation towards it, which I understand. Like you said, it's touchy and and some people feel funny about money. Some people think it's bad to want and have money. But like my dad always told me, you know, the best way to help a poor person is to not be one. So it's part of life, um, whether you like capitalism or not, it's a society we live in and we just have to roll with the punches and get on with it. We do. I love the idea. We're not going to less have an argument here, but there's obviously so many different views about what people should do with their money. Spending it on, you know, investing it in yourself, investing it in property, investing it in stocks, investing it in businesses. And what I'm really excited about is is just to probably push the point or stress the point that it's up to you. You you get to decide. You can listen to everyone else as much as you like, but when push comes to shove, it's your decision. There's no right or wrong. You know, everyone is, I guess, taking a risk when it comes to investing. And we're not just going to be talking about investing, you know, or another thing I'm keen to talk about is budgeting too. And I'm sure we'll touch on that soon. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a really good point. Like we always say, we're not giving advice we're not talking as experts we're just giving our points of view and some of our experiences these are we're going to tell stories of some of the things we've done some things have worked some things certainly haven't worked so we'll say you know we'll go through all that as well might just open a new perspective for some people and ways that they can actually generate a little bit more money on the side that they might not have already considered and and, and let's also stress this when we say maybe help uh, make a little more money on the side, we're not making uh, thousands of dollars on the side. Uh, shoo, 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 shoo. <laughs> no, we're just saying that like we, we make pocket money on the side sometimes. And it's just like some people think, well, this is my budget. This is my wage. This is all I've got. Yeah. Money. Yeah. yeah. And you can just muck around and basically look the easiest way to do it. I'll stress this, you know, download sports bet, put in 50 bucks <laughs> and turn it into a thousand and then turn that into a million and you're, yep. and you're there. Well, you've, you've, you've succeeded there. Um, yeah, we won't talk about that. Um, Doss, do you want to start with our quotes of the day before we get in? Oh, there's a couple of classics here, and I'm gonna I'm not gonna take any credit because I I got the doc up this morning, uh, looked at the notes, and two fantastic quotes. One from probably nearly one of my all-time favorite musical artists. If you guys can guess, I'm not gonna give you money. But, uh, <laughs> money, money, money must be funny. It's a rich man's world. <laughs> Uh, Thank you, Wayne Brady, and don't forget the lyrics. That, and that is by the, the great Abba, if, if, if those didn't know. And the second quote, which I've never been a big Pink Floyd fan myself, but another good quote, you know, research by yourself, Dave Money, get back, keep your hands off my stack. 
<laughs> and with that, let's get into the episode. So let's our first point today, Doss, is sort of valuing money. And I, I suppose for you and I personally, what are some of your experiences with money? How have you valued it through the years? Has it changed? Where's it at now? Where has it been? Do you want to kick us off? Yeah, mate, for sure. I've always valued money since probably I had my first job. I was always taught by my parents that it's important to save money. I wasn't given a debit card or, you know, or a spending card. I think I didn't get one until I was probably nearly 18, 19. So for those who would have got their first job when they were 16, my first job was down at Coles in Hastings. Didn't enjoy it, let's be honest. Needed to earn because in my mind, I wanted to buy a car. And my parents probably taught me and my two sisters from a young age, you know, if you want something like a car, say you, you have to save for it yourself, you know, more of a life lesson rather than here's your car, happy birthday type thing. And I think that actually really played a, a big part in the way I look at money now and value money now is you can't be relying on other people financially. You need to be, if you, if you want something, you have to save for it yourself. You know, I've probably also become less materialistic in recent years, mate. As you know, I used to love buying the odd the odd sneaker or, or hoodie or chino. At a very now, overpriced price point too. Yeah. And and, and now, I'm, those that have seen me on a night out or seen me, or it doesn't, anywhere, I, I probably am wearing the same pants as the last time you saw me. Not, I haven't become a tight ass, but I just care a bit less about, I guess, the materialistic things in life, whether that be clothing or I'm not a big cars enthusiast or, as you know, mate, I don't even know how to... Uh, Put the petrol in correctly sometimes. Yeah, so, exactly. Same. Um, yeah, but I consider myself someone who does value money and, and I'm looking forward to getting, I guess, more in detail about the spending habits and things like that because that's something I've probably educated myself a lot on the last few years. But what about yourself, you know, when it comes to valuing money and, and how did you grow up? Yeah, well, I value money a lot now for sure and I'm, I've never been materialistic as we've touched on another podcast. So I'm, I'm lucky that way that I'm not into cars or clothes or jewelry or things like that like I've got all of them but not at a very low budget I don't barely ever buy clothes for myself and things like that I don't spend money on those sort of things and that's not for any other reason than it's just not my hobby I just don't enjoy it some people love it and I understand that and if that's a hobby of yours and that's something that brings enjoyment then great but for me it's just I get pleasure in other ways uh, mate but prefer to save a bigger amount of money and spend it on experiences and and travel Mm. and those sort of things but yeah, for me, mate, I valued money because we were, both of us, I mean, we went to a semi-private school, so we weren't, it's not like we grew up poor. Both our dads were entrepreneurs, as we've, we've spoken about plenty of times, and money was always, it, it still was tough growing up, and I actually mm. owned a house at the age of, oh, I don't know the exact age, about 20, so I had a mortgage from that young age. My parents separated, and to keep the house in a neutral place for my sisters and I, having a mortgage at that sort of young age, which, which really isn't yours. Well, some people thought it was impressive, but it's, it makes things very tight. You don't have any spending money. You've got no room to wiggle because you, nearly your whole wage is going towards paying mm. off this house. So um, since then, though, the house has been sold and money's within the family, which is great. And that now means that I can, you know, I'm saving more money than I've ever saved before, which is great. And investing more money than I've invested before. And we'll touch on that a little bit later. But yeah, I certainly value money, mate. I've been lucky that way. It's been sort of drilled into me from some sources to save and make sure you've always got something there for comfort in case you ever need it. And mate, there's been times like having a dog, 
the dog's been rushed to the hospital in the middle of the night. They're not cheap. Oh, mate. And when you go to an animal hospital in the middle of the night, yeah, you're looking at thousands. So sometimes you need those bit of money sitting there just in, for the unexpected. So that's sort of my journey with money. Yeah, it's good. I love what you said. I even jotted it down, what you said about the house and having a mortgage at such a young age. You know, those listening... To comprehend that, I even remember that time and, and being just like, what the hell? Like, I couldn't believe that that you had taken that responsibility on and you you did that. And even, I remember even, you know, we'd want to do things or, oh, D, let's go and do this. And, and I remember you kind of not being able to because a lot of your money at that stage in your life was going towards the mortgage, which it is, it's impressive. But at the same time, I love what you said about impressive because that's what other people perceive it to be. Um, yeah exactly and it wasn't i didn't i never flaunted at all i didn't want to say much and and mind you i need to point this out too i wasn't paying it off just on my own i was getting help from dad and i was sort of going halves because we're both living there and that was sort of the easiest way to go about it and but yeah mate it's been a journey because along the way i've seen people spend money very quickly and and flashy and and Mm. enjoy it and that's great it can create memories and great times but i've also seen what it's like when you don't have money saved and things happen and the pressure it can build and it can just be such a burden on everybody involved and everybody around. And so I've just sort of always made a note that I, I don't ever want to be in a position where I need to borrow from anybody because that's just the most horrible position I think you can be in because it just makes yeah. things awkward, especially when family's involved or friends are involved. I just hate debt. So I just make sure now I'm never in debt. I like to pay things in full. You know, I'm never going to be one of the yeah. people that sort of gets involved with afterpay, even though it's small amounts of money. I just like yeah. to, to pay it and know it's done and that's it. So, Well, on that, that connects, you know, really well with the next kind of line of wording, which is, I guess, our habits with money underneath that, whether that be spending, saving, budgeting. That's obviously one of yours. If you want to well, share, or you, you go. No, I was just going to say, man, I'd like you to start because you've, you're someone that I know has budgeted before. I'm just interested to hear a little bit more about it because I've never been a budgeter. I've never sort of sat there and worked out how much I've got or how much I'm earning and then yeah. categorize it. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. I love it. I love the idea of working out where all my money is. Some people li- live paycheck to paycheck and it's all, it just solely goes into one bank account and, and that's it, which, which is okay. But I've probably spent a lot of time, and thanks to my parents too, and even those close to them, the education that I've probably received through the idea of you have to save money. And, and the overarching factor of all that is probably the idea of buying a house. you got to save to buy a house. So yeah. it, it, in my mind, I always knew that, all right, well, I've got to save money and respect the idea of, of saving money and putting money away, a certain percentage of your, of your paycheck. So over the last probably four years, I've probably spent you know, a bit of time actually going, all right, well, in 10, 20 years, like, where do I want to be financially? All right, well, what do I need to do to get there? What's going to make it? Not the easiest way possible, but a way where I can still enjoy life throughout whilst my money is still, you know, slowly building up, you know, with interest on top of that sure. as yeah. well. And so for me, it was about self-education. So I, I'm sure everyone's heard of the Barefoot Investor and I jumped on that. My sister read that and really helped her and, so I, I read it, I, and there were parts of it that I that probably didn't really relate to me at the time, being twenty one or twenty two. There's lots of stuff in there that probably didn't relate to me, but the real basics of actually having four to five different bank accounts, with each bank account having a certain role. So for me, that they call them money buckets, and that completely changed my 
my worry with money because I've probably always been a little bit of a worrier yeah, self-consciously sure. about money and long term. And this has been a great thing to, to help with that worry. Yeah, I, I've probably always budgeted. So I used to budget, you know, with a spreadsheet and you'd go over all your expenses. So what money is going out? Living at home. So my phone bill, my doggies membership at the time, my, well, my gym membership, probably some groceries to do my meal prep. Not too many expenses living at home. And then since being out of home, you know, that's obviously increased a bit more having a few more liabilities. God, I feel like I've now been talking for 10 minutes and I've, no, just been, I've just been rambling. So for those who have read The Barefoot Investor and The Money Buckets, so another fellow listener and a good friend of the show, Jai Richardson, he, he loves the bare, <laughs> he loves the bare Yeah, he loves The Barefoot. So essentially, mate, what it, The Barefoot has done for me, it's, it's given me, you know, what I'd say it's a spending plan, a bit of a, I guess, a framework. So going to ING, I've got... Uh, an account for my daily expenses so that's obviously all, all my main expenses whether it's phone bill bills trying to think of the top of my head all those different bills food car petrol that kind of stuff and then i've got another card for my splurge so my splurge is a certain percentage of my of my wage will go into my splurge so splurge will be coffee maybe some takeaway if i want to get a new pair of shoes which I don't, I don't do. Just a bit of money for, for me. Maybe it's a night out with a few mates and mm-hmm. that's, my, that's my money. I've got my emergency fund as well. So a percentage goes towards, like you said, going to the vet or something comes out of the blue, a spontaneous bill might pop up, a, a parking fine. And then I've got a smile account, which to me, that's my holiday account. Um, yep. So a, a small percentage goes into that. And then probably the biggest percentage of my weekly wage goes into my investing account or you could call it savings account so sure i've got that and and what he talks about is splitting that up throughout those five and probably the largest percentage goes into your expenses the second largest would go into your investing and then you know the splurge in the emergency and the smile accounts they probably are very similar but yeah mate long long story short i've got a spending plan in place and that's really helped me what about yourself what's your take on budgeting and and how have you found that firstly i think it's really good that you do that. I think a lot of people will take a lot out of that and consider it. I need to consider it more because to answer your question, no, I don't. I've got probably, I've got three bank accounts, which is an everyday account, which mate, it's not budgeted at all. It's that's from everything from paying rent, paying groceries to splurging as you'd call it or food or whatever. Yeah, and then my yep. next account and then the rest of my money, I'll try and, so the majority of money that I'll take from a wage, I'll try and split between a savings and investment account. So I want that savings is almost a safety net. Yep. And the investing is, you know, put a little bit of money away so you can buy stocks or buy or invest in a side hustle or something yep. that I'm trying to do. So it's probably a little bit less, but not so, I think yours sounds a lot more comprehensive and better. So I need to probably take, I actually haven't read that book. I know a lot of people have, but. I think I do need to read the Barefoot Investor because uh, my f- financial plan at the moment, mate, is a four-hour work week. So uh, that's basically <laughs> all, all, all risk. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. But yeah, mate, I've never been a good budgeter. I should be better at that. I think the one thing I have in my favor, though, is that I hate debt and I pay things off ASAP. And like I said before, I don't splurge on myself. So I like to spend money when I see a return. And that doesn't necessarily mean a financial return. That just means a return in either self-development or something I'm going to learn. You know, I like spending money on books. I, f- I feel like that's a sensible investment for me because I get enjoyment out of it and I learn something too. So definitely, 
those sort of things, you know, I prefer to spend money on. Do you have any more points on, on the budgeting side of things or do you want to move move on? Um, I was just going to say, like, probably the biggest pro for me with all of that is you don't feel guilty when you do want to, if it's a Friday and you're, you're on your way home from work and you want to, I don't know, go through the Macca's drive through I know that sounds yeah. really silly, but, like, I know probably a lot of people would do and it just, you'll just tap you know, pay wave on your on whatever card you got. You tally it up after you know a couple of months or or whatever it is, and you you look and you go, shit, I've spent all that money on this, this, and this. To me, having this spending plan has allowed me to do things guilt free and enjoy them. For sure. And and that that's probably the biggest the biggest. And we mentioned it, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Make sure you're allowing yourself time to do the things you enjoy. And if that means one of those is maybe something that it has a cost attached to it. If you've got your money planned out accordingly you know you can do that because you've worked it out. You know what's coming in, you know what's going out and you're, you're allowed to do it and you shouldn't feel guilty about it. So for me, that little, that having that splurge card, you know, only only certain percentage of my wage goes into that each week, but I know that every time I go to the coffee shop, which I love to do and just tap my card, I know I don't feel any guilt behind it. I know I'm allowed to because I've given myself permission and one thing that I used to freak out about all the time, and I'll be the first to admit it, is when I had one card, the amount of times I had my card got denied because there wasn't enough money because all because it was just my one account because it had everything on it. And I'd get a bill taken out here, a bill taken out there. You know, I just wasn't on top of it. And then you'd go to pay for your petrol and I'd go, shit, it's been denied. So then I'd have to transfer money from my savings. Like, yeah, um, yeah. So that that as well as, you know, a nice little story to go with it you know it's important well not important but it's good to have all those buckets for sure and i know for me i know that i budget when i know that it's getting towards say the pay cycle and i know that Mm. a paycheck's coming or whatever and then i might be three days away and then i'll quickly look at what i've got in that account because i'll probably run that pretty close to being that first account i mentioned earlier you know the everyday spendings account and i'll run that pretty close to almost zero and then anything other than that's a bonus i'll just put into savings and then i'll that's when i'll start budgeting with like three days to go and i'll be like okay now i can only spend x amount per day because the last thing i'm trying to do is have to go and take some money out of that savings account to tie me over if that makes sense so yeah it does yeah but let's let's move on now mate to the uh, probably a little bit more exciting for people side hustle ideas and flipping and and some of the things we've done we're very passionate about this we we enjoy it it brings me a lot of joy actually i i just love hustling and i know you do too and i know a lot of our listeners do because they message us frequently about it It, it, it's a good one man and i i just want to start with this too like when we talk about side houses and flipping and stuff it's not to us it's it's an idea of yes it's an outlet for us to to grind and to work and you know to do something that we're passionate about and maybe make a little bit of money from it but i think overall like i reflect on hearing people talk about I don't have the money to do this. I don't have the money to do that. I'd love to do that. Oh, you know, I wish I was earning a little bit more. That kind of gist. And this really relates to that. And for sure. And I'm really this is what I'm really why I'm really passionate about it too is you know, we live in a society. We we live in an in an age where opportunity is everywhere. And Exactly. Big, and, and and that is a big part of that is because of technology. And we are so lucky to have that right in front of us, but a lot of us are still complaining but and not, I guess, taking action and not taking that opportunity. Exactly. And what I love about this too is that this is the very, this is the lowest end you can get into it in terms of a financial commitment. You can start with 
literally Nothing. dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, some people start by trading. They, I don't know if you've ever seen those videos where people start with like a paperclip and they just trade up and trade up and trade up. Yeah, wow. Uh, until they've got they're trading cars and boats and houses. Like it, it's possible when you find someone that values that that product, that asset. Yeah, yeah, more than you know what you're going for. So this is a very low end, and I think we'll probably start with flipping, mate, because for anyone that's that wants to do something on the side. This is the easiest way to get involved where you can mix your passion, things that you know about, things that you, you're passionate about, you like, you enjoy, you use yeah. every day and you know the value of and you don't need a lot of money to start. So, what, what Do you want to maybe educate or tell the listeners, I guess, the idea and what, what, is, what is flipping? I'm sure a lot of people know what it is, but flipping is essentially just buying a product and selling it at a higher rate. It's buying something as low as possible and you can do that through op shops or thrift shops or ebay or anything like that so for facebook, example yeah yeah facebook and it's often things that people are collectors items so vintage stuff that people like to collect this is where a lot of people like flipping and when you know about something so for example and we talk about this all the time we both love our music dos my music's quite old my taste in music i am yeah, an me, old man me, me too though yeah so exactly so we like our 50s our 60s our 70s and we're not afraid to admit it and because of that, you can go into op shops and get records and they sell them for nothing, like peanuts. You're looking at a dollar per record. Yeah. And if you're willing to stand there and sort of flick through them all and you, can, and you know a little bit about music, you can find some that they're big name bands or big name albums or whatever. And then you can sell that, buy it for a dollar and sell it for something like 20, 25. Mm. It doesn't sound like a lot, but once you do four of them, you've made a hundred bucks. And from there, you can sort of leverage and for records, for example, you can go onto facebook groups join facebook groups and people just like to get rid of them in bulk so they might sell 200 records you don't know what's in it and they might say all right it's 100 bucks and you'll just take it and take your chance and if you're selling it for 25 dollars a pop then you only need to sell four to get your money back yes and then from then on so essentially if you could buy things in bulk and then sell them as individual products that's sort of the easiest way to flip but what about you, mate? What's what's one of the? Because I know you love your flipping. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say. You know, I take so time is everyone's greatest asset. I see, mm-hmm. right? And people don't have time to the say the the fifty year old or you know the the thirty year old mum with four kids. You know, she might have a she might be clearing out the house, and she doesn't have time to to go through everything individually and 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 sell each individual thing on eBay for X amount of dollars. Exactly. Or, or the per, the or the eighty year or the seventy or eighty year old who's clearing out the garage doesn't know that that vinyl or that that sports card or that that vintage item is worth something, and, or exactly. she doesn't know or she doesn't know how to go to eBay or it's just chuck it in a box, take it down to the salvos, it's gone, you know, and that's great. Exactly. Or, or, or have a garage sale and people might swing by and they might grab something. Exactly, and they might value that. That person might value just getting rid of it for hundred bucks or two hundred exactly. bucks, or even less. You know, they're saying, "Well, that's a good deal because it's you're saying it's my time." And then for somebody else to come along that has an interest in those things, and it could be, I mean, I don't have an interest in these sort of things, but plates and and yeah, you know, dinner cutlery, plates and cutlery and all that sort of spoons, stuff. There's a yeah. lot of value there, but they yeah. might not value it. They just want to get rid of it. And someone that has an interest in it or has knowledge about it can come along and then well, sell well, it. Well, I can, uh, I, I can, I can relate to that because. I went, I went garage once, and I bought, I bought a bunch of old spoons once. I don't know, I, I just saw them there, and I thought, you know what? Salad they fingers. Look, they look really, <laughs> they look really vintage. I've still got them sitting at the top of the cupboard because I've been trying, I've tried to search them on eBay to, 
because I, I was so cheap, I was like, you know what, I'll just buy them. And So what you can do, right, is if you go in, and this is what I love, and when we say technology, it's just amazing. So if you know what you're looking for or you, you're educated enough, you know, you've got your five or six categories, whether that's, all right, I'm going to flip shoes, I'm going to flip, you know, records like, like yourself, D. Um, I'm going to flip clothes, I'm going to flip jewellery, um, I'm going to flip kids' toys. Kids' toys is one that I did and I actually really loved it. And if you know what you're looking for, got an eye for it. You go into an op shop, you've got the eBay app up on your phone, you find that it might be a Winnie the Pooh toy or you know a, a Beatles record and it's in the op shop for $10. You go on eBay, you go to completed items, you type in the product and you see what that item last sold for on eBay right and it might say $50 it might say $2 so right in front of you you've got your phone with you it tells you what that item is sold for 100% eBay. 100% and, yeah. and you've got it in front of your eyes you go wait a second that op shop is only selling for $3 it's just sold on eBay for for 30 that's 27 profit $27 exactly. profit and it, some people might say it doesn't add up oh, it doesn't sound like a lot but it adds up very very quickly if you can get a few items like that in a short yeah. amount of time and there's places like you said garage sales some people you know even in your own parents or grandparents or auntie and uncle in their houses they have boxes of storage that of stuff they want to get rid of and some of it exactly. yeah there's no value throw it out but it's those vintage things that people collect and one of the heartbreaking stories for me mate and i know we'll get onto cards in a minute but as a kid i liked pokemon and I had a bunch of Pokemon cards. I'm talking stacks of it. And this is where it hurts. So, I don't know. When I started growing out of that stage, I don't know how old I was, but I gave a bag. It was just a plastic bag full of Pokemon cards. And I gave them to one of the kids in the street because they were sort of younger and they were yeah, getting into it. of course. So, I just gave gave him the lot. And there was other cards in there too, Yu-Gi-Oh cards and all that other shit. And just gave him the lot. Didn't think anything of it. And then now... Now he's rolling been, in it. Mate, now that you've been getting into the cards, like I, I thought, I'm just going to look up these old Pokemon cards and just see what they're worth. And there's one card that I know that I had. I know for a fact I had because I knew it was a big card at the time, but I didn't care too much about it. And it's literally sold for like 10K. Yeah, there you go. Shiny Charizard for anyone that's uh, playing along at home. But that breaks my heart, mate, because, <laughs> because I, you just don't know. No. I was just I, sitting there. Who was? Who, but who was going to pick that? And... It's like anything. We said it the other day. It's not gambling, but you know, you are. You're, you're hoping that something might increase in value over time. Like, who would have thought that a, a Pokemon card would sell for $10,000? Like, that's yeah, pretty bit, crazy. Yeah, it's a piece of cardboard. Cardboard. Yeah, exactly. And there's, look, one of the other things that I like to flip to is, is sports sort of memorabilia, like Guernseys and things like yeah. that. And they're in the op shop all the time. Like, they're always there because people just throw them out, especially if you go to a more wealthy suburb where that people don't have time or care about it. They'll just that's chuck the, That's the, exactly right. Yeah, and then you'll just pick them up and you'll pick them up for nothing. And then you can sell them for, you know, I bought one for $5 and I think I sold it for 70 mm. So it's, a de- it's worth your time just to pick it up and chuck it on eBay and sort of hope for the best. Exactly. And, and anyone out there who uh, likes to collect a, a football Guernsey, go straight to WMJ underscore AFL Guernseys. Uh, I love that. Our great friend, Will James, he, he is obsessed and it's good to see. He collects AFL jerseys and, God, he, he'd, have some, he'd have some capital, I reckon. 
Oh, he'd be sitting, and that's the thing. Like he, it's a hobby for him, and he enjoys it, and he likes it, and he doesn't have any intention of selling it. But if he, for whatever reason, one day decided he grew out of it and didn't want to have him anymore, he'd be sitting on thousands, tens yeah. of thousands, honestly, what he's got. And that's the main thing. If you've got something that's a hobby, that's the best place to start. You don't need to try and go and educate yourself on something you don't care about. If you don't know about technology and you don't care about cameras, and don't try and flip cameras. Like yeah. Flip something that's a hobby to you. That you enjoy. I want to. I want to jump onto a, another little side hustle, which myself I haven't done them personally. But you know, services, right? For example, if if you have a skill, something that someone would would purchase that service off you or that product off you. So, I'm talking. If you love Sex. doing graphic. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, I hope you are. I hope you are. Um, I am. I am. If, if um. If you're if you love graphic designer, you're good with Photoshop. Say say you're not bad with Photoshop. If you think your skills could almost be good enough to design a logo for someone, there's people out there that that want want it done, and not for big bucks, but just bucks. Oh, what what's that website called? Fiverr. Fiverr. Fiverr's a re- you know there's so many different marketplaces out there, but this is go to Fiverr, create a Fiverr account, and it's basically like a Facebook, but for for people who, you know, it's a service website so you go on there you make an account what's your service if i need someone who if i need someone to design a logo for me i'd go straight to fiverr and it'll come up with a list of people with reviews how much it'll cost and you know it could be fifty dollars an hour it could be ten dollars an hour it could be fifteen dollars a logo i'm not sure but you go on there make an account you've got your service on there someone might just message you out of the blue and go hey i saw you on fiverr would love to see what work you've you've done for other people in the past bang exactly you know like if if you feel like you have a a skill there's opportunity there you know what i mean absolutely and i think too and i love people that are in that space and they work nine to five and then they freelance as well on the site like i mean i know an elite graphic designer that does that and that's another great way to to go about it and it's not just graphic design or but I mean, social media marketing, that's a huge one. People, yeah. you don't need a degree to be a social media marketer. Now, of course, you shouldn't be, I'm not condoning anybody to rip, <laughs> don't rip anybody off, of course. But those sort of skills are easy to learn. You can self-educate yourself on things like social media and traction and Facebook ads and all those sort of things. And again, that's a service because there's a lot of business owners out there that have been in business 30 years. They have no yeah. interest in social media. Their business is ticking along fine. They've got money to burn, but they haven't opened themselves up to a new market yet. And the market could be just sitting there, which is an online presence. And all you can do is come along. If you know how to make graphics, if you know how to do videos or want to learn that sort of stuff, you can go to them and say, hey, I work for you for nothing. And if I can work for you for a month, if I can get you results and get you engagement and get you customers or whatever field that is, and would you consider contracting me? That sort of thing. And that's absolutely fine. You can do that. A lot of people do that too. Yeah. And that's just having a knowledge of social media and engagement. And, and Exactly like you said, even if you aren't educated, you can educate yourself on that. You can go to YouTube and find courses you know, on, on that topic or, or whatever service or product that you want to provide. And if it's, you know, if it's doable, you could do that. You could learn and, and, and if you enjoy it, well, you're learning a new skill and something that you're enjoying and then you're then providing a service and who knows, maybe making some money. And there's another one too, mate. There's another app called Airtasker. I think it's, is it Airtasker? I think. And yeah, it's Airtasker. I've got the funniest story, but I can't say it on air about Airtasker with one of my friends, but I'll shout him out, Miles Duggan. And, and for <laughs> those that know the story, that is one of the all-time great stories. Can you he give does me a clue? Because I've forgotten the clue. I, I, I mean, I've uh, 
I'll just say the word icy poles. But apart from that, um, I'll tell you off air because I can't throw him under the bus. I'm sure he wouldn't mind. But if I'll, mate, I'll contact him this week, and if he's happy for me to uh, to share the story live next week, I will. So there you but, go. But back to back to air. And I, I just can't stop thinking of icy poles now. I wouldn't mind one. Um, but. If there's boys out there with tradies, or, or ladies, mind you, but if you're a sparky and you know you're, you work on the tools nine to five every day, make yourself an Airtasker account. There's people who, on the weekend, my mum, for example, right? To be honest, I'm not a handyman, right? So she can't no, rely on me. She, she can't ring up her son, hey, Wade, can you uh, hammer this nail in the wall for me? Or something? Whatever, I don't know. Well, and, neither can my mum, so we're in the same boat. And to be honest, my dad wasn't a handyman either. Right, so no, it's my dad. <laughs> so she's had no luck, but she can jump on Airtasker, and she might have a bit of furniture or even something simple as oh, she's bought something from IKEA. Right, she doesn't want to put it together herself; it'll take her four hours. I'd rather go to Airtasker, find someone on Airtasker that'll do it for twenty-five bucks in the local area, and they'll do it, and bang, gets done in an hour rather than six, and stress and frustration. Exactly, you know, like the opportunities because of technology are endless really well exactly and and even on that air tasker so i've never really used it but i know again i'll throw him under the bus again miles was using it for a while and he's not a not necessarily the man i'd go to to uh for all my trade needs but he did he was he was driving his dad's car his big ute at the time and people just needed help moving and it was just suburb to suburb sometimes it's within the same suburb and he'd just go around there load the ute up and he'd take it to the destination unload it done job's done and he was you can make That's a, amazing. You can make decent money doing that, especially mm. especially for people that are at uni and only working part time and might have a little Spot bit on. of time up their sleeve. You know, if you're working in hospitality under normal circumstances and you're not working throughout the day, and you you don't have anything to do anyway, you may as well, if you're willing to, make a bit of money from it and do these odd jobs. Mm. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, obviously, you know, circumstances here in Melbourne, it's it's a bit harder. But if there was an, a situation where you know someone is gone, you know. Gosh, I'd love to be making a bit more money. All I was going to say then was, it's right there in front of you. You, you. you just have to do a little a little bit of research, just dive a little bit deeper. And if you're willing to, you know, put a little bit of time into maybe some research and then, and then again, maybe a little bit of time into actually working a couple more hours, you know, but you're going to be getting paid for that. You know, it's, it's worth every cent. Exactly. And the other thing too is like you can build relationships with these people, especially if they're old, older people that need mm. help and, you know, you become more of a, they'll just call you instead of going online. But the other thing with Airtasker too, I think one of the most common things, this shows how lazy people are. It's, it's, do, it's do my resume. Build oh, my really? resume. So I think if you come up with a template and just copy and paste that and just send it to people, I mean, they pay peanuts, maybe five bucks, but it'll take you, if you've got, if you've got enough information there, it probably won't take you very long. You can just flick a, you around and make some easy dollars just doing that. It's, it's, it's I hate funny. saying it, it's been capitalizing it's, it's, on people's laziness. Unfortunately. Well, well, it's, funny you, it's funny you say that because I've been watching Suits. I've just started watching Suits on Netflix, and Mike Ross, the character on there, yeah, he he, um, he sits exams for people and they pay him money. Uh, I don't encourage it because it is against the law. But um, you know, if, if you if your skill is attaining knowledge like an absolute genius, you know that could be something to look into. Exactly right. Exactly right. Before we move on, let's have a look at a couple of other ideas for side hustles too. Because if you're a bit more of a creative person that sort of would prefer to almost, it almost feels like you're running your own business in a way because there's other options. I'll tell you one thing I'm seeing a lot of at the moment, mate, and I'm seeing it a lot with ladies, is that they're making those like gift baskets. Yeah, I, like I little hampers and stuff. Yeah, yeah, what are they called? There's a word for them. There's uh, something boxes or hampers or whatever. And they they sort of get a, 
a nice little basket. They make it make it look really nice, decorate it, and then fill it with food or teddy bears or whatever it is, like whatever they're selling. Chocolate. If they make, if they're a bit of a chef and handy in the kitchen, then they'll cook their own brownies and yeah. and snacks and things like that and sell them. I mean, a lot of people are doing that. The other well, big one, it, of course, is oh sorry, you go. No, I was just gonna say on on that. I don't think she really listens, but my sister Taylor, right. Probably four years ago, she, and it's just amazing how like kind of ahead of the market she was, but like four years ago, she started a, a, a platter business, like, and it was called Platter Chatter, and she was very, very talented at it, and she, she would go to like a party or a wedding or whatever it was and create like a big grazing station full of, That's you know, word, yeah. and now, four years later, every girl is is doing this, they're, they're creating these platter boxes, you know, and, and Taylor was doing that four years ago, and then she kind of decided to go down a different career path. And I was like, no, like, go into it. I can see this really exploding. And I look at it yeah. now and it's just gone to another level and even to other areas. You know, I look at, I guess now they have no other choice, hospitality, but a lot of a lot of these cafes and restaurants and whatnot are trying to tap into this market. And, and you know, it's good. It's good for them at the moment because it's, you know, providing them with a product to sell. But yeah, I just see opportunity there. For sure. You've got knowledge, a bit of passion for it a little bit of talent in that field then of course it's and a point of difference it, it can be huge one of the other things that we've dabbled in a little bit and it's funny because i don't know why i'm almost hesitant to say but but the drop shipping world yeah so do you want to explain a little bit about about drop shipping well yeah drop shipping you can almost connect it back to you know the flipping stuff so you're buying a product for for a cheap price and and selling it for you know a high a higher price and obviously you know, trying to to get that margin in between. That's the profit. So you're the middleman. Yeah, you're the middleman. So basically, drop shipping and and not, we've all been probably guilty of purchasing something, but buying something off Facebook. So you see an ad on Facebook for you know whatever it is, whether it's a piece of clothing, uh, you know, something a, a utensil for the kitchen, or you know, just something small or stupid. Not stupid, but just something. Something that you might. Oh, gee, that looks interesting. That it, it's me. yeah, it's gonna ha- it's handy. It's not yeah, something it's you handy. need. Yeah. Yeah, we jumped on that yeah, a few months back now, but you create a website and you know, through technology now, that's, you know, it couldn't be any easier. And go on Shopify, create a website for your product. You know, you then start building Facebook ads with that product, people buy it, and then you order the product from, you know, the wholesaler um, at wholesale price. And those people that have purchased it have bought it at retail price. And take away the marketing expenses that your, your profit is obviously what's left over but mm. you know we we doubled in that for a little bit and you know i reckon we'll probably jump back into that but because of covid you know shipping costs and whatnot uh for those wondering uh the products that we were selling and a lot of drop shippers are from china so um <laughs> with shipping it obviously makes it a bit difficult with covid and delays and i know you went through a little experience where someone purchased you know a product from your yeah it's not it's not store. fun well, and, essentially, um, yeah, essentially what, what it is, is like you've got a big, big business in the world that are manufacturing a lot of products and they, they order, they ordered to make 10,000. They might only end up taking 8,000 because they think they're not going to sell the remaining 2,000 or whatever. And the badging gets done normally in the country that it's from. So to be able to say, and this is where it's wrong, to say made in Australia, you can have it made in China and then just put the badge on in Australia and then the you're technically allowed to say made in Australia or America or England or wherever else in the world. So then these wholesalers have X amount of product 
sitting in their warehouses not being used and then you can come along and basically buy them i mean you can get to a point where you put your own brand on them and then suddenly you've got a brand and people do that mm. so you could be selling a t-shirt that is the exact same shirt as nike it could be the exact same color just doesn't have nike on it. on it it says dawson d on it and that's what you all be buying um for 25.95 available at the dawson d show.com.au but yeah so there's those options there to to tap into those markets and sell those products. And my experience was though that because it was coming from China and then COVID hit, initially it would take 14 days to get to the customer, which is great. But suddenly it blows out to 30, 40, 50 days and you just feel terrible because you're the middleman. You don't, the point no of dropshipping, well, the point of dropshipping is you don't hold the stock. So you can buy a thousand of them and have them sitting in your bedroom or garage if you want and then Hoping ship them yourself. Yeah, but the the wide appeals to people is that you don't actually hold the stock. The stock sits in warehouses in China. But again, if people are interested, you can do a lot of research on drop shipping. People have got mixed emotions on it. Just make sure if you do get involved, don't do it for the wrong reasons. And that being, you know, do it as a side hustle, as an enjoyment. Don't look at it as, okay, I can quit my job tomorrow and make millions of dollars. Which, uh, which, which you know, you can easily get sucked into that. Oh, yes. There's some great YouTube videos that are very persuasive. I was close. (laughs) (laughs) We thought we found the answer. Um, (laughs) One thing I want to just quickly touch on any side hustle, and there's plenty of other ones out there too, and this is something that was sort of said to me, is that there's got to be some kind of passion there. And Mm. some people associate passion with that product that you're selling, and that's not necessarily true. But I think it's important to have a passion about some aspect of that process, whether that be passionate about dealing with people, passionate about providing a service or a product or passionate about just business in general and, yeah. and making money and grinding, then then that'll make it a lot more enjoyable. If you're in it purely just to make money and you don't care about people, you don't care about the product, you don't care about the service, then, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons, I feel, and it just probably just is just not going to work out. On that note, I, I really that's a really good point, mate, because I connect, really relate to that with, say, that the, the job that I had. And for those that listen to, you know, why I quit my nine to five podcast earlier this year. It's exactly that. If you're not passionate about, you know, that was my nine to five. And I, mm. you can probably get away with, in, in sales in particular, you can get away with it because you might really enjoy sales. You know, even if the product isn't what you, what you love and what you're really passionate about, you know, you can get through it because you probably enjoy the relationships and, exactly. and the actual 100%. sales, the sales mindset, which that was me. And, and I enjoyed that. Like that's the big part of why I went there it was like, it's an opportunity we love that word. And I was going to build and continue relationships. Whereas I didn't love the product. And then because the product, I really didn't like it. And I didn't find myself even when, when I was trying to educate and learn and teach myself about it. I just wasn't finding any enjoyment. That was then affecting my enjoyment mm. in the actual relationship side of things. Yeah. You know, so you really, yeah, you want a good balance. Like you said, you want to, whether it's on the side or even if it's what you do, you want to have passion for it. There has to be something burning there where, which, 100%. you know, you know, you, you want to do it. Um, but that's why we said from the start, it's not, yes, money's, money is the trade-off. We all need money. You can't survive without money. You know, that's part of it. But for us, we talk about these things. It's a hobby. It's, it's enjoyment for us. And let's get into the investing part, mate, because I think it's a good segue because this is something we enjoy too. This is, I, I don't do all this because I'm trying, of course, we're try- making money is the outcome and that's part of it. And that's, but I enjoy the process. I enjoy the research side of things and I enjoy a lot of this stuff I do with my mates and that's what makes it so enjoyable. So with investing, mate, where's some? Th- what are some things you've invested in? You don't have to give us money figures or exact products or anything, but just a sort of generic look. Yeah, for sure. I just want to quickly touch on as well, for example, shares, right? I've invested in shares and, and that is 
because of other people around me have recommended that Told process. You to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to tell everyone, like, I'm not like stress again. I'm not an expert. So I've been going off the, the opinion, not just off purely the opinion of other people. I've done some education, self-education on it as well. But for me, I'm not. What I'm going to list is not the necessarily the one the be all and end all yeah we're we're not we're not going to give you stock tips so anybody that's got a pen and paper handy thinking that we're about to put you into the next big thing uh please think again yeah (laughs) and that'd be very stupid if you took our advice (laughs) yeah exactly but yeah i I think it's great to have oh what's what's, i'm trying to think of the right terminology like you know spend money to make money no no i I think it's it's important to have you i I think when when it comes to investing it's great to have your finger in a few different pies Correct, that's probably a yeah. better way of wording it. Like, uh, you know, it if you're put, streams. yeah, if you're putting, yeah, exactly. To me, like, if you're putting all your eggs in one basket, you are risking for high reward. But that risk, to me, you know, probably outweighs the, the reward. If if my money is spread out and varied, you know, multiple different investments, you know, and I'm, I'm not just talking different stocks. You know, I'm talking. So for me, you know, I've got some money in shares, and that's my long term. That's a, that's a long term investment for for me. I'm not trading. I'm not. You know, I, I don't even look at the stocks that I, you know, purchased, you know, a year ago or a couple of years ago. I don't even look at them in my we, mind. We got told off for uh, talking about stocks too much by DOS one night. <laughs> yeah, ex- a, explain that. Go, go deeper into that. Oh, no, it was just quick. Uh, we got obsessed, me and my friends. It was, uh, we, it was not good. No, well, I, I actually quickly say, and I'm happy to give this one away, Zip. We got on Zip quite, uh, when it was quite small margin. COVID hit. No, it went well. Didn't we it? thought, yeah, sorry, yeah, COVID hit and it all dropped. And we thought, oh, let's just give it a crack. So, three out of five of us in this group chat decided to get on Zip, and it consumed us for for a couple of weeks. We we're watching, uh, we we're watching it go up and down, and uh, panicking, and then enjoying, and then thinking <laughs> we're about to retire, and all that, and, and everything in between. And Dos basically told us off one night. He just got very angry in the group chat, very abrupt, and said. Um, Basically, take this conversation elsewhere, boys. Um, you should be doing stocks. And then he pointed out that he has stocks. He doesn't look at them. He doesn't care. Um, and maybe in 10 years' time, they'll be great. But um, he was basically had enough. So now we have a new group chat, the three of us. And for those wondering what it's called, it's called AS Sex. Um, <laughs> a play on words with the ASX stock market. Yeah, I, I got that. I understood. But I, uh, yeah, so I've got some money in shares. And, and do you remember even. Um, I wouldn't tell you what company I was investing in. Remember that? That was the most bizarre thing because we all invested in... <laughs> this is going back a year ago. We all invested in the same product, uh, the same thing, and but Doss wouldn't give us the name of his company and we don't know why. And then So we all went in one other way. Well, so actually, I didn't end up buying so I sold my mates down the river. <laughs> but... Um, but the boys went one way and Doss went another and then only once everyone bought, Doss gave us the name of the company. It was bizarre. I don't know why Doss yeah, was so I don't secretive know why I about it. Either. I don't know. Oh, it's, it's, it's like I thought if you guys uh, put in that, uh, you know, I would, you know, I wouldn't get as much return. Um, <laughs> but it would help your stocks rise, but that's okay, mate. Yeah, I know. Anyway, but so yeah, yeah I've, I've got some in stocks. I think in my mind, I look at the money that I'm putting away each week into my, you know, savings account or my investing account. Like I said, long term, once I want to settle down, you know, buying that house and, you know, knowing that I want to live in that for a while, I think real estate's, you know, uh, I think it's, it's it's a safe bet. But I'm also, you know, I'm not set on that either. You know, I'm not, I'm not sold on. The, I guess well, they, you know, I'm not sold on the American dream or the Australian dream. I'm not sold on that. And I know a lot of people do because it's, it's a whole another argument. And I've got a couple of things listed. But well, yeah, we we if anyone 
who hasn't listened, I think it was episode three or four, one, three, I think, Yeah. where we actually talk about that whole Expectations. topic. Expectations. As you know, mate, and one thing I'm really passionate about, and some listening might think, oh, this isn't investing, Doss. Um, I'm actually, I've invested really heavily, not heavily, like money-wise, but just I've been putting a lot of time um, into research and, you know, a bit of money too into sports cards, mm. um, which is bringing me a lot of joy, if I'm honest. Like, it's just created this new outlet for me, this new, every chance I get, I'm researching. And to, so sports cards, I'm, you know, going, It's I'm just purely collecting soccer cards. I love soccer. And people will listen to that go, oh, how's that investing? So the way the sports card market is at the moment, it's absolutely skyrocketed. It's actually ridiculous. The way some are saying and the way it's looking is sports cards are actually becoming, or collector's cards, you could say, um, are becoming the new art the new art for the new generation. So for that kid like yourself who was obsessed with Pokemon, I don't know, but, you know, I'll look at someone who obsessed, might have been, strong word. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, no, I'm... So someone I'm kidding, who, carry on. Someone who might have been obsessed with Pokemon, right, growing up. When, when he hits 50 years old or 40, rather than buy that really nice art piece for the wall, he'd, like, what they're expecting is people are going to rather actually have sports cards sitting in frames on the wall. When I say sports cards, the way it works is there's two main grading companies. And if you've got a, a card and it's got a high grade, well, obviously it's of a higher value because the card's in mint condition. What I've been doing lately is, I've, yeah, I've just been going all in on you know my research and putting in time players that I loved watching growing up. And you know from a personal point of view, I'm, I'm enjoying it because I'm collecting players that I loved watching. And I'm looking at a few younger players as well, and but mainly I'm going vintage, and and in my mind I'm going all right. Well, vintage, I'm gonna I'm gonna go all in on collecting vintage cards, and then I'm gonna send them off to be graded. Fingers crossed they all get you know a good grade, and then hold on to them, enjoy them, like have them in my personal collection, or the people in the hobby call that the PC, the personal collection. Who knows? In in ten years time, I'm expecting it to be worth you know quite a bit of money. It's, it's a good point. And I think one way to put it, we talk about this all the time, it's depreciation factors. So when you buy a car, we know as soon as you buy a car, as soon as you drive a car, the second you you go, it starts, the value starts going yeah. down immediately, yep. immediately. Same with anything you buy, really. Um, I know we talk about like golf clubs, for instance. As soon as you hit a ball, then the value of those clubs go down. Now, you buy those things for different reasons, right? You're not, they're mm. not investments. But the thing with sports cards is that the idea is that you you buy them and then it actually goes the other way. It goes up yeah. over time. And then, but what I love about what DOS is doing and what you're doing is that you're finding enjoyment out of it. You tell me all the time how much you're enjoying researching, watching videos, learning things, watching bids, auctions, those sort of things. And some of the cards that you've got, you've said that, well, I actually like them. Like, I'm, I, I wouldn't be, I'm not nervous not about yeah i'm not rushed yeah. to sell them like, yeah and if you don't sell them you're not you're fine with that because you actually enjoy them and but the thing is they do go up in time it's a long-term investment so i think it's a really good thing for people some people that are in, especially that are in, into sports as it is just to consider and have a look at anyone listening booming. like you mentioned pokemon earlier like it's the exact same with pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. like it's the exact same it's a collector's item and yeah, and it doesn't just have to be cards. Like we said with the flipping thing, yeah. anything that's vintage, again, supply versus demand. That's what um, it is. Yeah, That's essentially what it comes down to. So um, I'll, I'll just quickly paint a picture, right? A LeBron James card sold last week, $1.8 million US dollars. $1.8 million US. It's what's ridiculous. That? What's that Australian? 
like a like two and a half, two and a, two and a half, three million. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, probably three. Yeah, like just to comprehend that, pretty ridiculous. So you can see why I'm getting into it. <laughs> that's why. Uh, that's why we go down and buy it. Well, you know what? I tried getting into footy cards, and they have no value. So because <laughs> well, I've got some great cards, and even the best players, no one wants them. So, well, it's. Uh, it, it, I like you saying that because I actually I'm starting to actually lean more into like what do I want to personally collect? I actually bought a Bond to Belly car the other day. Um, oh well, that's fair. And, and I will say it, it's the mail day. It's the quickest car that's ever arrived, which was nice for a change. <laughs> it's just around the corner. Yeah. Well, I, well, one of my good experiences was I bought a packet of footy cards this year, happened to pull a rare card and sold it on eBay. So I did do all right with that earlier this year. There you go. But uh, I mean, for me in, in investing, uh, stocks is the main thing I invest in or enjoy investing in, cause, especially because I'm doing it with my mates. It's a lot of fun. We have long-term investments that are done to create dividends. Um, over a longer period of time and then we have penny stocks which is a little bit more fun which is day trading which is high risk high reward stock so it's more of a gamble those sort of things but I mean I, I just look at, at long term things matter we talk about it you know we're talking today about the start of the journey or the very the beginning in the future though we want we to, we speak openly about it we want to invest in things we want to invest in businesses mm. you know other things that interest us these these little side hustles now and little investments now you know, once you put them all together, not all of them will pay off, but some of them will, and then you can invest more into something a bit more substantial over time, and that's something that sort of I look forward to. That's um, I love that the way you've worded that because that's like we've spoken about off air lots of times. Like to me, that's my goal. Like I'd love one of my little side hustles to maybe make a bit of money. That's going to hopefully go towards a business or go towards that that house I want to buy. Exactly. That's like it's not. In my mind, it's not, I want to make a million dollars. It's If it can help, you know, later on when I want to put a deposit on a house, it's going to help. Like, exactly. That's um, that's it. And we talk about investing too in terms of investing in ourselves. I mean, we, we like the idea of investing big in coaches, one. mentors, courses. We invest in a course to learn dropshipping. And that helped us a lot because I wouldn't have had a clue. I'm not great with with websites. and Thank, and, thank, thank you, Jack Perotta. Yeah, good big shout out to him. Um, <laughs> so, so, so um, yeah, I mean those things, those things help, and they fast track. The reason you invest in them, yes, you can do them yourself, but it, it fast tracks that process, and I love and it helps you. you yeah, pick I love up you, on mistakes. I love you saying that. I listened to a podcast yesterday, and that was exactly what he spoke about. He spoke about like his name was Steve Weatherford, and he was talking about yeah, there's information you can find it on Google. You can research all you like, but. For one, it fast tracks you, and secondly, it might it keeps you accountable because you've invested in yourself. Hundred percent, and and yeah, I, I've always sort of listened to that advice that I've heard on podcasts too. And one of the other big things they say too is they they fell into traps and they fell into they made mistakes early, and they might just prevent a couple of those mistakes, which can go which a long you wouldn't, way. Yeah, which you wouldn't see. You know, think about a driver when you're learning to drive. When my sister's learning to drive at the moment, when you first start driving, there's aspects that you don't look out for until you've been driving five years you don't mm. look for certain things you don't expect certain things to happen they just pop out out of nowhere and you can't anticipate that until you've had experience in it and that's yeah. why i think coaches and courses and those sort of investments save you from those little headaches definitely do you have anything else on investing or i know we're running out of time but yeah, I was just, there, there I is just one story wow yeah well there is one story i want to uh i want to bring up oh, do you mind do you, if, no, go for it man i'm keen to jump into the story so all right, well, let's bring up one of our worst investments ever. And, Dosh, how old... I'm looking at the first point, by the way, on the dock. Yeah, I thought you were. Um, how old were we at the time? Nine, uh, 20, 21? We would have like been, that? I reckon, 20. Okay, so 
the age of 20. The great Dickie Custerson, the late great Dickie Custerson, we mention him every week. He's a great man, big influence, of course, in your life, Doss, but out my life as well and everybody around him. But this is one thing I won't forgive him for. Um, <laughs> I'm, only ki- I'm only kidding. I know. So I, I went around for lunch at Doss's house one day and Doss and I were sitting there and we are about to have lunch and Dickie sits down and he was very excited and he his business was called A Positive Move. The business... Him and you know the top people in the business and some of his clients all invested in a racehorse coming out of was it England? Dos? England, yep. England, yeah. And they found this horse. They handpicked it. They had everybody that knows about horses go over and and yeah, study. You found the right one. Like. Yeah, and and like I remember they were saying like Gay Waterhouse is bidding against us for this horse, and they and they they bought this horse, and it was a big. It was winning races in France and and England, and it was a big deal. Dicky actually flew to England to watch it, didn't he? It, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a, another story in itself. But yeah, at Royal. Ascot. So the Royal you know, Ascot, yeah. The Queen, the so, Queen was there, and it, the thing was, it wasn't a, it, did, it wasn't even guaranteed to run. It was an emergency, and Dad thought, "Stuff it, I'm going over." <laughs> did it run? Didn't run. Didn't <laughs> run. Well, there you go. But that's that's spont- spontaneity for you. Yeah. Anyway, so cut a very long story short. Dickie said, "Look, there's chances to get in on a syndicate at a very low rate, and you and your mates can do it." So Dos, Jai, and I, and Jai actually at the time absolutely hated horse racing. He hated everything against it. Not in any kind of animal cruelty. He just said, I don't like how people go. They dress up, they don't care, and then they gamble. I'm like, fair enough. But anyway, after a quick conversation with Jai, Doss and I had convinced him to come in on the horse. We all put our money together. And I'm, I am joking a little bit. It wasn't a lot of money, but we put in a bit I of money. I was going to say, at the time it probably was, but looking back now, like... You know. No, it's nothing. It was nothing, but it's just a... Yeah, anyway, so we all went in on this racehorse and we thought, okay, this is it. And then we were getting the, the email from the trainer and every day we'd see, you know, the horse having a bath and say, yeah, this is this is, this is is really good science. You know, I haven't seen this in my 35 years doing this. This is... I've never seen a horse, you know, drink water like this. It's going to be huge. And it's trial running and it's breaking world records. It's like, oh, man, it went one-on-one with Farlap you know, the ghost, and it just absolutely conquered him. And we're like, oh, this is good. This is good. So were we winning the Melbourne Cup? Oh, <laughs> we thought we were. So we we're off to Sandown, which is a local, for those that aren't around here, is a local reference um, to sort of a very B-grade uh, racing track in Melbourne. And um, we took, we must have taken a day off, I think, off work. And we all went down. We all dressed up in our suits and went down to watch it, its first race. And then we started loading up on the betting, you know, oh, it's going to win, it's going to win. And the trainer and the jockey came and had a chat to us and told us how it was going to run and it's going to sit forth and then it's going to come around the bend and just kill everybody and, you know, fly home. And we're like, oh, this is good. We're all shaking at the knees. And so we all sit in the trainer's yard. The race is about to start. We're all sitting there. Well, were, you know, were, you, were you sitting next to the trainer? You were I, was sitting next, I was sitting next to the trainer. He actually put his <laughs> head, he actually gave me a little pat on the knee before the race started. <laughs> Uh, drivers there, you were there, and the and, worst part and is. And let's remember, we are, we are, we probably have the we smallest put the least percentage amount of horses. <laughs> People are putting in probably I don't know how much amounts of money, thousands, and we've put in a combined nothing. Like we, <laughs> our percentage was probably zero point zero five on this horse. And you're and sitting we, next to him. I'm sitting next to the trainer, and and I feel terrible about this, but there was people that didn't even get in. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do. We won't, we won't bring that up. But um, like, anyway, so we, we wormed our way in, getting the free food, of course. And the race starts, and the horse comes around the corner, and the trainer looks at me, and he just whispers, this is good. This is good. He's perfect. He's sitting there perfectly, and I'm getting excited. I'm looking at Jai. We've all put our money. We've gambled as well, so we're thinking we're going to get a payout there. Comes around the corner, and it starts going backwards, the horse. every All the horses go... It's just going further and further and further back, and it ran absolutely dead last. Did it run um, dead last? It ran dead last, and then we're like, oh, okay, well, 
that's all right. And then we went down. Everyone's a bit flat, but we went and had a chat to the jockey, and the jockey gave us a rundown. Okay, we know what to do. And then, then it ran a couple of weeks later in a cup, actually. And similar, I remember I was at Richard's house, where I am at the moment, when I, I wasn't living there at the time, and I came, and everybody put the racing channel on. I think my stepsisters were there too, which was really embarrassing. <laughs> and I'm trying to talk everything down, because I'm trying to say, you know, our horse is running. Big shot, you know, my horse is running today and we're watching and the, <laughs> yeah, the, my horse is running. Just the bloody on. thing the bloody thing just <laughs> again, dead last, just had nothing in the tank. So um and mate, I actually don't know what happened to the horse, but it just fizzled out, didn't it? So I think so what happened, they retired it because it had a heart problem. So I wish oh, um Okay, well that's not as funny then, is it? No, but I I wish we would have known that before the purchase, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, Dice, I will say, I think a lot of people would have preferred it a lot more than we would have. I mean, we, <laughs> we gave a little <laughs> bit of pocket money. Well, I, I, I think there were some people pretty shitty at, not dad, you know, specifically, but just at the whole situation. Yeah. So just uh, moral of the story, be very careful what uh, horses you invest in if you want to go down that uh, path. And that is definitely not a uh, secure gamble because no, clearly or apparently it can have heart problems. I didn't know that. Um <laughs> I just love that second point. No, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't put this story on the on the table. But when I can saw, you say that legally? Can you legally tell it or not? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm, go on, mate. Tell the story. Go on. I think the listeners want to hear. Even if we go a little bit over time, they'll like it. Oh, well, let's just say I got in a bit of trouble. So I was working at. I'd kind of like you to tell the story because I reckon it's it's funny when you tell it. Uh, well, this is I'll, I'll I'll make it brief. But Doss was working at St Kilda Football Club at the time, which is an AFL club here in Melbourne. Who lost last night? They were Doss was working there, and part of the AFL contract from anybody that's involved in the AFL, if you if you're a player, a coach, or just even a staff member, you, you're not allowed to gamble on AFL because it could be known as inside you know, trade or not trading inside knowledge or whatever. You know, if a player yeah, goes ma- to match fixing, yeah. match fixing, all that crap. So you might know something that. You know, is against the bookies, um, and you have to, and you have to, so you have to do a course. You do an online course at the oh, start I didn't of know your that. employment. I knew you had to yeah. sign it. So but there you go. So you're not allowed to gamble on anything. So and this is this is a whole sport, mind you. This is not just your team. If you play, if if Doss is working at St Kilda, he's not allowed to gamble on anything to do with the AFL. Is it VFL as well, or just AFL? yeah, VFL as well. So yeah. anything to do with footy, you can't gamble on. Anyway, so it's grand final day, 2018, and uh, Doss Doss never Doss is always is against gambling. He hates it. The boys and I, um, we like to put on a few multis. I think Doss does too quietly, but we only hear about it when he wins um, because he seems to be very against it when uh, when we're all doing it and talking about it. Again, we get told, come on, boys, take it elsewhere. But anyway, go final day, Doss messages us in capitals in the first after the first goal was kicked by Trav Varco, and Doss is, boys, I've won, I've won. Four, was it 400? I think it was, yeah, 400, yeah. 400 bucks, and Doss is excited. He's probably high-kicking, he's probably... Dancing around the living room, that'd be a fair Oh, comment. I was going crazy, mate. I couldn't believe it. Because so, you won it. That's a good amount of money. Anyway, um, time passes. And, and, and let's just say that day, like I then went to a grand final party that night. I thought I was the best. Like, yeah, you, know, you probably splurged was, that money. I was shouting, you know, it was great. Not, oh. knowing, not knowing the consequences later. Well, the consequences we talk on is that, uh, did you get a phone call or email? No, in person at the club. So okay, I, so Doss is at the club. I'll, I'll, I'll drop me to take it from here. All right, you take it from there. So I totally forgot that I wasn't allowed to gamble. It was Trav Varco, his sister had just died at the passed away and I thought, you know, what a beautiful story if he kicks the first goal. I thought, you know what, I'm gonna put some money on it. Didn't even think. Totally forgot about the whole scenario being able to, you know, gamble due to, you know, being working at the Saints. It's like pre season training and like the next year and I'm just like 
I'm, I think I'm just hovering in the club and it's like around, you know, four o'clock, five o'clock. The players have all gone home. I'm just hovering. The footy manager who had the day off that day, so he wasn't in his St Kilda kit, walks in the door in casual clothes and he just goes, hey, Wade, um, can you come to my office, please? Can I have a chat? And I was like, gee, this sounds serious. Like, I hope you're oh, no. And he had paperwork with him and he just put the paper on the table. He just said, mate, just had a call. I had this letter sent to, had this email sent to me today. You've been caught. You've been caught gambling. There's, there's been an investig- investigation. They've, they've found that you've won. You've won some money. And it's the first goal kicker on a game. It's Collingwood. It's got nothing to do with St. Kilda, but because it's <laughs> AFL, like, and he goes, there's Collingwood go- West Coast. Yeah. And he goes, there's going to be an investigation. And he wasn't happy. He was just like, mate, another, it's, it's you and another guy from the club that, but like another bloke has already been given the ass, I think he said. And, but that was related to St Kilda, I think. He just said, mate, you're actually going to have to go to the AFL and sit in front of the camera. <laughs> like, like, say it's like a detective in front of a camera and talk to them. Jeez. And I just went, are you serious? You, anyone listening has heard about my anxiety. Can you imagine me in that moment? Oh, and, oh no. And I'm a good person. And I just went into full, like, are you, like I was nearly crying because I was so upset. I was How just did they so even find out? Is your Idiot. was your betting account linked with the club or something? No, no, no. So they must just they, they they must just do it every year. Like they must every staff member, every name that's somewhat has an AFL ID number, they would just every they would have an automatic system coding, and it would just have all, every single AFL ID number from every player, staff member, whoever that signs that contract, and it'd just be on. The, and it, I don't know. It probably just pops up someone's, you know, and then. Yeah, they just track it down and it was not a very good feeling. I was very apologetic. I had to then write an apology letter and oh, s- and, and then sit down um, in an office with the general manager, Simon Lethleen, and the, the footy manager. And oh. um, I had to give my apology letter. Uh, Simon Lethleen read it and he just, and he, you know, I basically just said, you know, I totally forgot. I was, and this is truth. I was watching it with my, my nan, you know, she's Collingwood supporter, Travis Varco, the whole story. You know, I wasn't with mates. So that's their big worry is if you're with mates, you're, you're on the beers, that, that's when they probably go, oh, gee, mate. Like that's, so because I was at home with family and then they, they actually said, you know what? Like we're going to, we, we're going to push this off. You know, you don't have to go to the AFL. Oh, it's like, it's done. So, oh God. Yeah. Let's that's, the, that's why we don't invest in gambling. Oh God. But Well, one, one, one very quick one and then we'll call it quits is that I remember because again, Doss hating gambling, we went to the casino. Because Rich and I, and again, Jai's not happy because he's claimed that after last week, everyone thinks he's an alcoholic now because we said that he loves drinking so much these days. So he, yes, he's an alcoholic, and yes, he's a heavy gambler. Um, because <laughs> Jai and I—that's <laughs> a joke. Jai and I went to the casino when we were eighteen when it opened up, and we were blown away. We thought it was—we thought it was, yeah, we thought it was a kingdom. We loved it. We just couldn't get enough of it. And Doss never came because Doss didn't like gambling, which is fair enough and probably the way he should be. But Doss came along with us one night. We must have been 18. And Jai and I, we'd all lose each other in the casino. Doss would be playing something. I'd be playing something and Jai would be playing something. We'd be, Jai and I were playing blackjack and Doss was playing roulette. And, but we had a perfect view from where we were sitting of the roulette table <laughs> and Doss's face. And we knew, we knew based on, we just watched Doss's face. We know if he won or lost. Because when, when he won, he he's arm would reach that quickly to take his winnings like he's he's the second <laughs> the numbers announced he'd be leaning over the table and the dealer would be like mate just relax like you'll get your winnings but when he lost he sort of smiled like he smiles as if he do- he's like playing it off to the rest of the table like he doesn't care but then then that smile sort of fades and then he sort of looks to the left and he sort of has this little kind of grit in his teeth and just like Ugh, like he's annoyed 
But the best thing was he made eye contact with us because Dosh was getting a little bit tipsy at this point and he had like 50 bucks. or No, I think it was 75 bucks he had left. And you're like, you know what? I'm just putting the, the lot on red. But Dosh puts all his chips in, puts it all on red. We're all standing at the table and it comes up red. And Dos is like, woo! And then he does a backwards high kick. So we've talked about the Dos high kicks that go forward. This one's just a sort of a back kick. And as he's back kicked with a smile, and, he's, and his arms are flailing to the side, so they're like very flamboyant. He's, his arms are sort of like his wrists are flopped and he's, you know, he's dancing around like a butterfly. And then his legs kicked backwards. But as his legs kicked back, a waitress with drinks was walking past <laughs> and his foot has caught his, her skirt and he's kicked her skirt up in front of everybody at the table on a busy Saturday night at Crown <laughs> Casino and that's that's one of my fa- <laughs> that's one of my favourite memories of, oh, uh, of our investments well, but uh, I think we've gone way over time yeah we have well I reckon we leave it at that I loved it hopefully everyone got a little bit out of that because um, it's, it's nice to talk about it if anyone has any more questions or you know you want any more info um, not that you know we are um, experts but happy to answer some questions absolutely and hope that everybody got a little bit out of it a few new considerations and, and yeah mate that's I think that's us that's it everyone please remember to uh, subscribe and you know what leave us a review that'd be awesome yes we appreciate everybody that's done so too it doesn't go unnoticed no but uh, we'll catch you next week see you guys